Hi, this is Alenka from Holland. Currently enjoying a bit of sunshine after two weeks of snow and just a lot of grayness. Um, really enjoying the podcast, especially you know with the year that we've all had, where we're all cooped up in our personal cages. It's just the most perfect form of escapism, and um, I think apart from there being stunning stories in there and you know it being incredibly immersive what is really valuable about it is that it sort of takes the mystery out of travel and uh, i mean if you listen to this podcast and you don't feel a huge urge to get away from where you are and uh, explore then i don't know what will do that for you but yeah it's much deeper than just the stories right it's uh, something that makes you think. And yeah, I think we all need that a bit more. So incredibly grateful to have found it and very much looking forward to uh, hearing more. Thanks, Don. Greetings, everybody, and uh, welcome. Boy, we have been apart for quite some time. Uh, it has been a long time since I posted an episode. And quite frankly, I really have missed you guys. You know, life is a way of overtaking us at times, and uh, it definitely happened to me. But I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad you're listening. You know, this time away reminds me of a passage from that really classic book, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. You know, uh, a long time ago, when I was young, I used to photograph weddings, and they would always read the story about love in that book. But for me, it's in the section on friendship that I am most captivated. All right, let's see what we have here. When you part from your friend, you grieve not, for that which you love most in them may be clear in their absence, as the mountain to the climber is clear from the plain. And let there be no purpose in friendship, save the deepening of the spirit. I consider all of you who listen to this podcast, who email me and leave voice memos to be friends. Brothers in arms, as it were. Now you might be noticing a difference in audio quality than my normal posts, and you are correct in this observation. I'm recording this on my phone because I'm currently in Equatorial Guinea. If you haven't heard of it, that's not gonna be surprising. But if you have, then I'm surprised. I didn't even know it existed until just recently. It's located on the west coast of Africa next to Gabon and Cameroon. It's an interesting place. It is probably third time in West Africa, but my first time here. I'm actually in the city of Malabo, which is an island that is, geez, about a five hour ferry ride from the mainland of the Equatorial Guinea. I'm on a short assignment here and I'm getting ready to wrap things up. So I have been thinking about doing on-location podcasts, but have been concerned about like the audio quality. And, and then I thought, hey, it's on the road. Of course, it's going to be different than with my better audio gear and a room that's made for it and all the little tweaks and things I can do. But um, I thought, hey, let's let's make this more raw. So I'm thinking about calling these trip reports dispatches. Kind of like that. Yeah. Someone gave me an idea to do a book 
about my travel experiences and call it dispatches. And I thought that was a little pretentious, but I think these podcast episodes would be unpretentious. So, so what's it like here? <laughs> well, it's West Africa and it's like no place else. After traveling so many years for work and adventure, I have noticed a number of places are similar in their overall field or they're, they're not the same, but they're similar. You know, it's like, um, siblings, you know, but West Africa, it's like nothing else. It's unique unto itself. I've seen some really amazing things here and some truly disturbing things. Like most of West Africa, it's a world of extremes. So, so as I said, I'm in the capital city of Malabo, where just about everyone here is involved in the oil business. Equatorial Guinea is the third largest economy on the continent of Africa, just behind Angola and Nigeria. And yet I have seen poverty that is as close, if not the same, as in the country of Haiti. However, Haiti has good reason for its poverty. They have no economy. You know, Haiti used to be the number one exporter of plantains and actually made the baseballs for the National Baseball League. Well, Papa Doc and Baby Doc all destroyed that industry. We know how that story goes. But Equatorial Guinea has money and they have lots of it. How is it that government buildings are run down and people live without running water? I don't want to come off as some social justice warrior, far from it. I'm looking at them more in a logical sense. This logic brings me to this, uh, this podcast. Perspectives are one of the key components that make travel so valuable and ultimately have lasting impact on our lives and in some ways sculpt our worldview. So I recorded a perspective episode about two weeks ago, but have decided to re-record it after being here in Equatorial Guinea. Now, I know that I have brought up the topic of perspectives in previous podcasts, but I think it's important to address it again, or with a different approach, perhaps some recent context. There is that classic saying, you can't know what you don't know. And I think that also translates into you can have broad perspectives with limited experiences. And boy, oh boy, the experiences here have been real. It's been hard here because in many ways it's a place of huge potential and yet it has equal, if not worse, neglect. You know, at this stage in my life, I'm not quick to judge as much as I am quick to laugh, to laugh at bureaucracy and corruption, short-sightedness, absurdity, bad food, and overpriced beer. But sometimes, you know, clear center judgment is necessary. Judgment can be hard because it's often wrapped up in confirmation bias, self-reference criteria, or ethnocentricity. Oh wow, I'm sitting here watching hundreds of fruit bats fly by my room window as they go out for their social connections, and it looks like, of course, feeding at night. All right. Oh, I think being here in Equatorial Guinea and walking the streets and driving to locations has affected me in a way that I haven't been affected in a long time. What I see in some ways is the disconnection between modern man and the earth we live on. Looking at the trash that's everywhere, the abandoned cars, dirty streets, rubbish on the beach, people throwing 
their trash as they walk on the sidewalk. You know, I kind of felt like an alien, as if I just landed here. I've been told by fellow travelers of the blue and green paradise that is the third planet from a minor star in an average galaxy. I stand in awe at the corrosive destruction of man upon this gem called Earth. You know, my perspective has been shaken. I'm beginning to wonder, what is the truth of our species in this planet? You know, many people say what other people have told them is true. It's like that game we played in elementary school. We all got in a line and the teacher told the first person in the line a phrase and it gets whispered down the line until the last person said what was told to them after going through like 20 or more kids. We all know how funny it was when the last person said out loud what they were whispered in their ear. The teacher tells everyone what they said and uh, we all know how that ends. I feel that at times, this is what most conversations and opinions and ultimately the perspective that people hold is born from. You know, people talk about human rights and climate change and economic restrictions and healthcare and even COVID. You know, the true story has long since mutated into something almost completely different. I don't know. As I look back on so much of my life and what I've seen and experienced, and I'm thinking now of what my legacy will be what is my contribution? For decades, I actually feared that my contribution would be summed up when I flushed the toilet. Being here, I'm reminded of my time in India and Bangladesh, Pakistan and Haiti, and many other countries and cultures. And sadly, I realized that what I'm doing to affect positive change is like throwing a cup of water on a crown fire. It feels good, but my efficacy is of no consequence. Superorganism that is humanity is far stronger force to overcome with simple slogans, minor donations, and longing for companies and leaders to help adjust our course. I just don't know. You know, I'm I'm coming to a place like Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia, where he's getting really pessimistic. My perspective has been shaken here. Oftentimes, I feel that we operate and indulge the myth of our privileged status on this planet, which in many ways is an indication of how childish we really are. It's easy to point fingers and play the blame game, but to be honest, uh, things are complicated. I do wonder what the future holds. If the past is any sort of beacon, we should probably admit to the known truth. My check-in with you is just a little bit about what's going on here for me. A lot of you haven't traveled, and so um, I'm trying to bring you with me on this journey, and, and I know that this might be coming off a little dark or whatever, but, you know, sometimes we need to shake up our perspective, and this has happened, and I thought I'd share it. So I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast with um, a small passage from Carl Sagan. I think it's, it's fitting. If you don't know who Carl Sagan is, there's a lot of talks on YouTube. I'll put a, a um, link in the show notes. From space, Earth might not seem of any particular interest, but for us, it's different. Consider that dot called Earth. That's here. That's home. And that's us. On it. 
everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you have ever heard of, every human being that ever was, has lived out their lives here. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every couple in love, every mother and father, every child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals and every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived here on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all the generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph, they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of adopt. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this little planet on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Our posturing, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are chained by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from somewhere else to save us from ourselves. The earth is the only world we know so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit, yes. Settle, not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish this small little dot, the only home we've ever known. All right, everyone, that's gonna do it for me. It's great to reconnect. I've missed you all. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.